Would you stand with me if you're able and uh, honor the reading of God's word found in our key text this morning? We're gonna read it together. And I'd like us to read it out loud. This is a short one this morning. I think we can do it. This is uh, found in Matthew chapter five, verse 37. Let's read it aloud together on three. Three, two, one. A simple yes or no will suffice. Anything beyond this springs from a deceiver. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your yes is a yes. <laughs> and your yes is the biggest one on the table. God, we thank you for that. God, we thank you for your life that you gave for us this morning. God, Holy Spirit, I just, I, Holy Spirit, um, make it so that our ears can hear what you have to speak to us this morning. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. All right. So, give me just one second. Just one second. Talk amongst yourselves. So the, the title that I gave today's message is The Next Yes, and it could be very well the most important yes of all of the yeses in our lives. We've talked about how this thing that we steward called yes and no is the greatest thing that we can have in our possession today. So the thing that you have that is your most valuable commodity is not your bank account. It's, it's uh, not a relationship or a house that you own or the degree that you earned uh, or an accomplishment that you have. Your greatest commodity is the power to say yes to God's future for you and to say no to things that are not a part of God's future for you. And at the end of the day, we built a life and we build a life based on a collection of yeses and nos that we make by the leadership of Holy Spirit day in and day out, and they become the building blocks of our lives. So all of us in this gathering today, I think would say that we have some yeses that uh, we've said some yeses to some things that um, we regret. Anybody, anybody been in that boat? <laughs> yeah, and some of us would say that we've said no to some things that we regret too. And so God said to go this way, and we said, well, nah, I'm gonna go that way. And, and we regret that. And some of us have said yeses to some great things in life, and we've said no's to the right things in life a few times. Or maybe they were the wrong things. And so it was the right no, and when we said the no, and so it's not all good, it's not all bad, but that's not what today is about. Today isn't about looking backwards on some of the decisions that we've made. Today is about us thinking about the next decision that we're going to make and me praying along with you today that God would free us to understand that we have the capacity today to go with God. We have that ability. So um, no matter what's happened in the past, no matter what's in that story, you have the capacity to go with God today. No matter who you went with yesterday, you have the capacity to go with God today. Whether you've got it all right or whether you've made a bunch of decisions that you feel are wrong, you have the capacity to go with God today. So it's called, what we're calling 
your next yes. And it's right in front of all of us right now. And so on January, I'm going to take us back to January 15th, 2009. This was just over 12 years ago. There was an event that stunned everybody in our nation and practically everybody in the world. I remember it because it was, it was when Twitter was a new thing. And it was, the big news was that we, we received this news in real time. You know, the, the whole Twitter feed, you know, it was being relayed as it happened. People were on the plane and tweeting as it happened. And so this, this was the U.S. Air Flight 1549. Um, took off from LaGuardia Airport and ended up having an incident almost immediately on takeoff. Anybody remember this? And so within moments of getting in the air, the plane was struck by a flock of birds and they lost all the engine power. And so the pilots are calling back to the control tower at LaGuardia saying, we've got problems, we're gonna have to land this plane, help! And so uh, as you read the transcript, you can pull up the transcript, you can search it and just read the whole thing um, because Google, right? And, or maybe you saw the movie, you saw Tom Hanks, Sully, um, and uh, you see what unfolds in the next few minutes. And that is, you know, the tower is coming over, uh, the speaker saying, can you get back to LaGuardia because we're clearing the runways. And the answer from the pilot, no, we can't. What else is there? He's, he's, he's a seasoned pilot. He knows he can feel that both of the engines are gone, even though they're telling him that one is still there. He was right in the end. He, he, both of them were out. And, and so the, the tr- control tower comes back. There's Teterboro Airport over in New Jersey. Can you get to Teterboro? We're clearing the runways over at Teterboro. Yeah, I, I don't think we can get there either. And then you see on the transcript that Newark is six miles up and to the right. Can you get to Newark? And finally, the quote that we probably all remember from this story, Soli Solenberger, who is 57 years of age at that time, after flying his entire life with military experience and all kinds of other experiences in life, says one phrase that kind of defines the moment. He says, we're going to be in the Hudson, meaning the Hudson River. We're going to be in the Hudson. He makes the decision. He says, this is what's going to happen. So he's getting all this information. He's getting this information in the tower. Can you get back to LaGuardia? Can you get back to Teterboro? There's another option on the right. The plane's cockpit broadcast system is saying audibly on repeat, you're too low, pull up, pull up. On repeat, you're too low, pull up, pull up. There's information coming from his co-pilot. There's all this information that is in this moment and Sully makes a decision in this moment and he says, we're gonna be in the Hudson. We're going, we're going to the Hudson. It's the last thing he says and he's like, I'm not interested in what I'm hearing from you and from you and from you and from you and from you. I've surveyed the situation. I've made a decision. I see the only option that looks viable is for all of us and now I'm setting the course and I'm setting the direction and I'm saying yes to landing this plane in a river. That's, that's what I'm doing because that's the next yes that I've got right now. And it looks like it it ended up being, turns out it was the only yes that was the correct yes when they ran all of the the, um, simulations afterwards and they um, gave time for the pilot's reaction response. There was no other airport that that plane would have made it to without crashing into populated areas. And so that clarity and that confidence and that decision saved not only his life, but the life of every person on that airplane. And it was all based mostly in the clarity of letting his yes be yes in that moment. 
And in that same moment, like we talked about last week, we were focusing on the no, the letting his no be no, right? I'm not going to Teterboro. I'm, <laughs> we're gonna be in the Hudson and we're not going anywhere else. Therefore, all of my energy and all of my focus is on a safe landing in the water. And so this is what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount. In the midst of all of this teaching that he, he gave, he starts talking about oaths. And he said, when you make an oath, you don't want to swear by heaven and you don't want to swear um, by anything on earth. You want to live the kind of life where your yes can be yes and your no can be no. So Matthew 5.37 says, uh, let what, this is what we read earlier, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, find that place in life where you can confidently take the next step and say, I know what God wants me to do right now. Therefore, with all the other options that are flying at me, with all the other noise that's happening all around me, with all of the information that's coming in from all the other sides, with all the other input, I am making this decision about my future. So the next yes, that's what I wanna talk about this morning. It can do three things today. On the backside of your handout, your bulletin this morning, if you wanna take notes, I, I believe these things are powerful for every single one of us. And the first thing that the next yes can do is that it can put you in charge of your life. The next yes can put you back in charge in your life. Now, big footnote coming here, because if you, if you don't know destiny, if you don't know me, if you don't know our theology, I'm not really saying that you're in charge of your life. There's a bigger story that's going on uh, around us. We, have, we serve a sovereign God, right? And our lives belong to him. And he runs history, and he runs eternity, and he's in charge of our lives, okay? So big footnote that I'm just gonna put when I say that you know, we're in charge of our life because you know, the God who's, we have a God who's in charge of our lives and over everything. He's sovereign over the universe and sovereign over our world. But that same God has given you the opportunity to be the steward of your life. And so that's where we're going this morning. He's given you, the, the God of the universe has given you the opportunity to be the steward of your life. The sovereign God is saying to you, you've got a yes that you have available to you in one hand and you've got a no in the other hand. And with that yes and that no, you are gonna get to steward the life that I've given you. So today is not really about, you know, taking ownership of your life, if you wanna say it that way. That's, that's a misnomer. God, God is the owner of our lives. Uh, but he's, <laughs> I don't know if this is even uh, a good word a picture or not, but let's go with it. He's, he's, it's almost like he's renting them or he's, he's leasing them to us while we're alive and he's allowing us somehow in his sovereignty to be in the mix with him, to be in the mix with him and we have the capacity to say yes to God's plans and purposes for our lives. And it may be that your next yes that puts you back on track, right? And so we're living in a ride-sharing culture I've, I've found this out. I, I used to travel a lot from my district job, and I was slow to pick up on this, um, and, uh, but I did eventually. Um, when, especially for people that travel a lot, it's just a, a normal thing to call an Uber now. It's just a normal thing to you know, call a ride-sharing service. And, and, and so to the point of, 
where I don't even know if kids who are being born right now in this day are ever gonna get a driver's license. I mean, I, I read an article recently that they'll, you've probably read similar things, that they'll, they'll never carry cash. A baby born today will never have a passport. They'll never have a bank card. And, and I thought they'll probably never get a driver's license if all that kind of stuff is going away too. Why would they? They'll just talk to something and say, you know, hey, I need to go to the bank. Oh, wait a minute, I don't need to go to the bank because my bank card is in my watch. So, hey, I need to go somewhere. And then, you know, something is gonna come up, probably not an Uber driver. Um, it'll just, you know, because we don't need them anymore, some kind of automated device will show up and they'll get in and they'll go off. So driving, if you're, you're reading into, you know, what, what is expected to happen, you know, if you're, if you're a driving person, enjoy it while you can. The, the, the world by droves is turning into uh, this ride-sharing culture. And so, which is crazy in a lot of different ways, but the craziest thing about it is, I think, is we get in, we're, we're now afforded the opportunity to make phone calls and we can check Instagram and we can text our friends and we can answer work emails and we can read the newspaper on our phone, of course. And, and, and then pretty soon the ride stops and the door opens and out we go. And, and so we don't know where we went. We don't know how we got there. We don't know what we passed on the way and, because we were just passengers in the car. We were just along for the ride. And here's the thing. I think a lot of us are just passengers in life. And I think God is wanting to say something just really simple and really practical to us this morning. It's a very simple word this morning. It's very clear, I think, today. And, I, and it, it's simply that he wants you to put your hand back on the steering wheel of your life. And he wants you to understand that your next yes can get you out of the passenger seat and back into the driver's seat. And so I, I, I want to keep saying that footnote. But can I just say footnote? And we just remember that God is sovereign overall. Um, and, and, and he wants, but he wants, to, he wants you to put the sovereign God kind of back, back in the driver's seat of your life. And he wants you to take up stewardship of your life, in other words. And so he wants you and me to realize that we have an opportunity to partner with the God of eternity to do something amazing with our lives. And so in a, in a generation that we're living, you know, and in every generation, there's, there's, you know, there's new turns and new directions. You know, th this kind of stuff is going on because people live for, we know this, this is kind of a now culture, right, that we live in. A microwave culture, you know, what time do I get off? What are, what are the plans for the weekend? Uh, where's our next trip going to be? That's, that's what we're leaning into, and that's not the life that Christ died for. Uh, Christ died to invite you to partner with your yes, and with your no, with the big plans of a sovereign and eternal God who's working on planet Earth. And so, you know, we've got what, like five minutes, like, like 10 minutes, like 30 minutes on Earth? Oh, no, wait a minute. No, I'm going to live to be 80 years old. Okay, well, that's like 30 minutes. You may die at 30. Okay, well, that's the five minutes that you got on Earth, considering the eternity that we'll live, right? And so we're, we're riding around in the back of cars, in the back of culture, in the back of whatever our friends decided they wanted to do, or our family said they were going to do, or even I decided that I want to do, and we're just riding around in the back of cars in a life that is so valuable, in a life that is so precious, and so temporary, you know, we've only got so much time on this trip around the sun, right? We know how fast we're going. It's so momentary. And, and, and 
we have this opportunity, church, to get out of the back seat and back in the driver's seat and say, no, this is the life that God has given me to steward. And I'm gonna put my hand back on the steering wheel. And, and I'm gonna make a decision about what my life is gonna be. And that is all wrapped up in the power of your yes. And uh, it, it's, it's like Mary, when the, when the angel came to this teenage girl and said, you know, I, I know you're thinking about a farm-themed wedding, but <laughs> you're having the Son of God now. You're gonna be pregnant by the Spirit of God, okay? And somehow, this teenager said, well, it's, it's like this scenario. I don't think I can get to Teterboro. I don't think I can make it to LaGuardia. I, I, I definitely can't make it there. Okay, I'm in. Yes. Yes. And you're like, well, Sean, surely you're, you're not comparing me today to the Virgin Mary who gave birth to, to God in human flesh. Well, I'm not thinking that God wants to come to earth again through us physically, but here's what I am believing today. I am believing today that God wants to birth something in you for this planet and for this earth and in your time through us physically. I am believing today that God wants to do that. And so that's your shot. That's your calling. That's your opportunity to say, I'm getting out of the passenger seat and I'm getting into the driver's seat and I'm gonna start using my yes to mean what I say it is, my yes is gonna be yes to God's purposes for my life. And I'm not gonna die letting circumstances control my life. I'm, I'm not gonna go out with my one shot on earth saying that the past controlled my life. I'm not gonna go out saying that other people decided what my life was gonna be. I'm gonna wake up today to the fact that God is here, right here and right now with me, giving me the power and the opportunity through my relationship with him, through Holy Spirit to say yes to his future for my life. And today, I'm gonna to start leaning towards being the person that says my yes is my yes and my no is my no. And I'm gonna move forward today with that God's leading and Holy Spirit's leading in my life. So the second part on your notes, if you, the second part of your next yes and what it can do for you, you can start, it can start moving you away from a fear-based life. It can put you back in the driver's seat, number one, and the opposite of that, it, it's, it's really the same point said two different ways, is that yes can start moving you away from a fear-based life. Um, when you boil this life down, like this is my story and, and this is what I've learned in my life over all of the years, when, when my life is boiled down, it's all boiled down to faith or fear. And when you, when, you, when you shrink it all down and peel it all back and, and simplify everything and get rid of the fog in the midst of all this stuff, and we say, when you get right down to the heart of it, for me, it was either in the moment that I believe God or I didn't believe God. And, and, and I, you know, I believe God or I believe the enemy. I, I believe that God had a plan and a purpose and the ability to accomplish it, uh, or I believe that I couldn't or I shouldn't or I wouldn't. God couldn't, and, and so I choose fear. And either walked away from God's plan out of fear, or I walked into God's plan believing in who he was by faith. And so fear, we talked about this just a little bit last week, fear is the driver of the world. We even named it 
We talked about this. We, we, we've, given it, we've given it a place in our cultural vocabulary now. It's in the dictionary, um, in our language, in our lifestyle. FOMO is a thing. Now, maybe you don't know what FOMO is. It stands for fear of missing out. And if you don't know, then maybe you're in my generation or a little bit before that demographic, but you know, maybe you're not on social media as much probably, but if, if you were in another demographic and you were on social media and you, and you were hanging out around um, you know, kind of this now generation, you would know the acronym FOMO, F-O-M-O. And it's just in conversation. Yeah, like I was having a big case of FOMO or <laughs> I, I, I was just overtaken by FOMO, fear of missing out. And you, what is, it's fear of missing out. We live in a FOMO culture. And so now FOMO <laughs> couldn't have happened as much in, um, when people my age were growing up. And, and because you know, there, there wasn't a fear of missing out because you were with your two neighborhood families, right? That were on your block, kids that you grew up with, all six of you, and you knew each other's names. And Sally, you know, she's got the measles, so she's not here today. So it's the rest of us, the five of us that are here. It's just us. And we played in the backyard and we went down in the cul-de-sac and we threw rocks in the creek, right? Anybody remember that? Yeah, good times. Well, we're here now and we made it to the 21st century. But back then, you know, we're gonna have a dirt cloud fight and, you know, we're gonna build a tree house and all the neighborhood kids are gonna be at Ted's birthday party. You know, and, and that's just, that, I mean, that was life. And occasionally, you know, if we can remember this, you would take a photograph and you'd get it developed down at the one shop in town that developed the photograph um, in the film. And if you had the ability to pay extra, you could get it done, um, you know, in the next day, 24 hour development. It was a really cool thing. <laughs> And, you know, some of you are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. I know. <laughs> but, but there was no FOMO. We had other issues, but we, had, <laughs> we, we didn't have fear of missing out because what did you know about the people that were kind of, you know, eight blocks down the road or eight subdivisions over? What were there? You didn't know that they had the, the two-story treehouse with electricity. You didn't know that. You know, you didn't know what was happening. So you just, you've got your one-story treehouse and it was fantastic. <laughs> Right? And so that was life. And, and things are a little bit different now. And, it, and it, it, it happens. Cultures changes. Things change with time. And so in this new life, your friends who just moved to Malaysia, you know what they ate for lunch because they took a picture of it and posted it on Instagram. And, and so that's, that can be great in a way because you can now be a, a little bit of a, a better citizen of the world. You know, the downslope of, of that, we see in real time what everybody else is showing us. And when that happens to a person whose yes isn't solid in God, then it unravels them at the core. And our identity becomes exposed in a moment. We get it trapped in a comparison culture. And, and, and if we're not um, walking as secure children of God, called by God, may, but our identity maybe becomes more uh, based on what we see and, and so much in comparison, and it really is for so many people. Well, I'm not comfortable about who I am. Uh, I, I, I never really was sure about whether I had a, a purpose or a plan. I'm, I'm not really confident that God is leading me forward today or, or that I'm really good enough to do what he's calling me to do. And therefore, I'm looking at everybody else's feed. I'm looking at everybody else's pictures, which are filtered and photoshopped. And, and man, I don't know what I'm doing or who I am. And so fear of missing out 
has become just a cultural thing. It's a cultural language. Fear of missing out. And so that's just a simple kind of easy to kind of grab out of the air illustration because everybody can kind of feel that and everybody understands and maybe even laugh at it. But it's, it's easier than digging down under all the other things that we're afraid of. Like, I'm afraid that I'll never measure up. I'm afraid that I'll end up like, you know, my dad. I'm afraid that if people really knew me, nobody would like me. I'm, a, I'm afraid that if I take a step with God, I might lose everything. If I take that step, what's gonna happen? And so all the other fears that are kind of down and underneath the surface that are driving us and they're controlling our lives. And God is saying to someone today, listen, fear is a real thing and it can kill you and it can take you out, but you have the power of something called a yes that you can put on the table. It's at your disposal today. And that yes can lead you away from a fear-based life and into a faith-based life. And so you can get out of the back seat and back into the front seat and make that decision today and still be like, oh no, I don't think I can do this. And why? Because fear is telling you that. And, and fear has been maybe talking to you for your whole life. And, and in fact, you don't even know how to do life without fear because you're just so used to that little voice kind of speaking in your ear. And I'll be honest, I've struggled with it. I've struggled with fear of man. I've struggled with that. Uh, I've been there even this week. But, but listen to Holy Spirit speaking to us this morning. I think the message is pretty simple. Jesus, listen, Jesus came out of a tomb and, and he's in the house today, risen from the dead. So just let that rock kind of land in the lake of fear today and let that ripple start moving today because I believe God wants to set somebody free today from the fear that's controlled you your whole life. I know that life can be hard. So if your life has been extremely hard, please know that I'm not belittling that. Death is real, but because of a death, some of you have lived in fear every day since that loss in your life. I know that divorce is real. It's all too real. It's, it's just become a part of the fabric of our economy, but it's not just a part of the fabric of our economy, it's also a destroyer of faith. And because of divorce, some of you have lived in fear Every day of your life since mom or dad walked out that door. I know disease is real. And there are people in worship in our house or watching online today who have gotten some words from doctors. If you don't, you know, receive this miracle, you're not going to make it. Disease is real. But for some of us, ever since disease got in our story, every, every day since we received that word, fear has driven and controlled our lives. Disappointment is in the story. Failure is in the story. Um, horrible stuff in the story. And do you know what else can be in the story? Success can be in the story. Some of you have been so successful that you're dr driven by a fear of losing it all. Of, of keeping it all, of guarding it all, of propping it all up. And that fear can drive us too. So I'm not saying that that, that stuff isn't real. We're, we're, we're not coming down to, I promise, we're not coming down to some catchy little you know, bumper sticker phrase this morning, uh, just say yes and you can you know, move out of fear into a big faith, you know, life of faith. No, we're saying that life, all that stuff is real and, and the stuff that you dealt with was real, but guess what? The stuff that you've dealt with doesn't have ultimate power over your yes. Your yes can break away from that stuff that has happened in your life. And you know, even if the first yes is just to say, yes, I need help. <laughs> I, 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 
you're saying your next yes, that just that step could change your life. I need to get into a support group and get rid of this addiction I have to alcohol. That next yes can change your life. So maybe for you, it'll be different. We're not, we're not saying today that you know, one yes can change the circumstances that are all around you. What I'm trying to communicate, what I'm trying to say is just saying one yes can move you towards a brand new future. And so there's power in that. And it must, just might be the yes of saying, I've been living in fear my whole life. I need help. I'm gonna say yes to getting some help. And when you say yes to getting help, there's another yes. And that yes is to taking the help when it comes. And, and so you gotta take that step and get some help then. You've gotta be careful that your next no doesn't cancel out that first yes and open the doorway for you to have a whole bunch of other issues in life. It's, it's all the little decisions, right? It's a lot of yeses, a lot of noes every single day. And, and what we're saying today is, you know, I can't change my whole life today. I can't change the whole past today, but I can say yes to Jesus and his leadership in my life today. I can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and so I will. And so when I show up to get help, I'm gonna say yes to actually taking the help that God is giving me when I ask for help, and then I'm gonna say yes to the next step after that. I'm gonna listen to his voice, and those next yeses are gonna lead me out of a fear-driven life where I've just relinquished control of circumstances you know, that I thought were out of my control. I'm gonna step back in through the power of Holy Spirit to say yes to what he has for my life. This is the way that the psalmist said it. He said it in um, Psalm chapter 27, verse 13. He says, I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't you just love that? I remain confident. Now, the psalmist wasn't saying, if you read through the context of this chapter, if you read the whole picture of this, of this book right here, that everything has been amazing. In fact, if you back up to verse three right here of the same psalm, he says, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. And then we come all the way down to verse 13, which we just read, and he says, I am still confident, and I am gonna remain confident. So I'm gonna hang on to confidence. I'm saying no to fear and I'm saying yes to faith and I'm saying no to being controlled by the circumstances around me and I'm saying yes to the God who's leading me forward. I remain confident. And do you know what I'm confident in? I'm gonna see the goodness of God in the land of the living in my life. That's gonna be the story that is written over my life. And I'm gonna get out of the back seat and I'm just, I'm just relinquishing control to whatever happens and I'm gonna get it back in the front seat of my faith and I believe that I'm gonna see the goodness of God in my life when I do that. And I'm gonna be counted, not among the dead, I'm gonna be counted among the living who joined with God and said yes to him for the purposes in my life. Who knows what God wants to give birth to in this world through you, through you. When you say, yes, count me in, I wanna be in the story with you. Paul said it this way. He was, he was writing just to remind me and all of us today. He said this from a prison cell. He wrote this in Philippians chapter one, verse three. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And we talked earlier in this series, if you've been around, that our yeses are best when they're focused um, on other people and not us. 
And we see this in Paul's prayer. He says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Some of you are like, okay, come on, it's Paul. Let's get real, this is, this is Paul. Of course he's gonna say that. Well, listen, this is, this is real-time Paul. This is, this is Paul before there's a Bible that he wrote most of, you know, the New Testament. And, and, and this is Paul just being Paul, and this is a guy just following the Lord. This is Paul just putting his yes on the table and no. He's letting his yes be yes, and he's letting his no be no. And he said yes to the call of Christ on his life. And guess where that call landed him? That call landed him in a prison cell chained to the wall. <laughs> and, but in a prison cell, changed to the wall, and, and he still believed in a bigger story, and he didn't give in to that fear. You know, maybe all of this is just a hoax, and maybe I should have never gotten into this in the first place. He didn't do that. He said, oh no, the God that called me uh, is a significant God, and he is able to do what he has promised to do. He does not forget his promises. Therefore, in this cell and in this moment, writing this letter, thinking about others, I'm confident that the God who started something is going to finish it. <laughs> He's gonna finish it and what God started in me cannot be stopped by circumstances. It cannot be stopped by this jail cell, by other people, by opposition, by challenges or by trials. Nothing is gonna stop me from my God doing what he began to do in me. I remain confident in this thing. I'm just trying to preach faith, church. <laughs> I'm just trying to allow Holy Spirit to stir us up in faith because the enemy is right now, even in the house right now, or maybe to somebody watching online saying, oh, this won't work for you. This isn't, this isn't for you. This is just somebody talking who doesn't understand what you've been through. Well, listen, God understands it all. He understands every part. He knows every part. And he's bigger than what's ever been smashing into your life and, and stealing away your confidence. So you still get to say yes. You still get to say, oh, you know, cancer, it still has a voice. But I still get to say yes to what I want to say yes to. Yes, the divorce, the abandonment, and the abuse, and all the pain had a voice. But guess what? I still have a voice also, and I still have a yes. And I choose to use it right now, not to say yes to those circumstances or yes to fear, and this is just the way it's always gonna be, but I choose to use my yes today to say yes to God, I believe in you, and I know that your plans for me, that you started for me, you're gonna finish it. I remain confident in that. God, I believe in you. And I'm telling you, it may look like the deck is stacked against you right now, but let me just remind you, there was also a lot of weight on the day that Jesus came out of the grave too. <laughs> so I'm still gonna believe and I'm still gonna remain confident that I'm gonna see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so I'm saying, yes, show me the next yes today. Our next yes can put us back in charge, footnote, of our lives. Our next yes can move us away from a fear-based life and our next yes can begin to build in us a powerful, principled, and centered life. Let's just let that one sink in just a little bit. 
your next yes could be the moment where you begin to build a powerful and centered and principled life. When Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no, you might as well have asked people to walk on water. <laughs> I mean, we, we were talking about this in staff meeting this week. Um, so many people say one thing and they do another thing. You know, they'll kind of follow the rules, but not really. You know what I'm talking about, right? They'll kind of do it. And, 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 and I know that I'm just gonna sound like an old crotchety person saying this, but there used to be a time just, just a, a few generations ago where there was a saying, my word is my bond. My word is my bond. No, I don't need to sign anything. I don't need to put anything on paper. I gave you my word. We don't need to, to bring a, a lawyer or attorney into this situation. I gave you my, I don't need to read page eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 of the fine print. You and I, we looked at each other and I gave you my word. And I, and I, and I think people still think that they believe that. <laughs> We th- you know, uh, my word is my bond. Unless I see on Instagram, you know, that there's a better opportunity coming along. <laughs> and then it's all up in the air. My word is my bond. Unless a better offer comes along. Uh, you know, who wouldn't take that? My, my word is my bond unless the relationship gets hard. And you know when things get really hard, you just have to reevaluate and you have to reassess and you have to regroup. And sometimes, well, you know, everybody understands, of course, that we just need to rethink all of this. I want to I tell you what the Bible has to say about that kind of thinking and that kind of life. We, we sang it in a song earlier today. James 1.8 says it this way, a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. The context of that verse was a prayer. Asking God and not really asking with the right motives. Asking God, but having sort of like a second game going on the side, not really thinking that God understood. But the net of this truth is pretty potent for my life and for your life. A double-minded man or woman is unstable in all of their ways. So what God, I think, is speaking to me and maybe to us to understand today as we're coming down to the wire in this series is that yes, our our yeses do open gateways to, to God's blessing or gateways to a gauntlet of regret or that no, is, is many times like we talked about last week, our best yes, like Jesus saying no to temptation and Jesus saying you know, no to the devil three times in the wilderness, that often our very best yes is a really sincere and grounded no. But God also wants us to see today that letting our yes be yes and our no be no isn't about you know, just how we played out the decisions over the weekend, but we're actually building our character by the yeses and the no's that we give, building it or tearing it down, right? And it's not just gonna be like, well, it was a business thing and, and, or it was a friend that I backed out on or I promised to go out of town with him and then I backed out or I told the guy that I would be there at a certain time but then, you know, uh, I, I, I just, it didn't work out and so I just, I didn't even tell him. I, I, I told my friend that I would be there but it just didn't work out. It's, it's, it's not just one of those one-off decisions 
but all of them together end up building a lifestyle of instability. A double-minded man, the scripture says, is unstable in all of his ways. So you start chipping away at the corners of your yes being yes and your no being no, and at the end of the day, you don't have a sturdy foundation anymore. You, you don't have a bond anymore. And the one thing that you can count on with the God that you're saying yes to today is that he's never gonna break his bond and his word with you. He's never gonna let you down. You know why? His covenant isn't a contract, it was a death on a cross. And he is gonna keep his promises to you. So I can't be walking with an almighty covenant-keeping God and be flimsy about my yes and my no and expect that I'm gonna grow up and be like my father. And so I just believe that God is just giving us this gentle wake up today. Don't get sucked into the fear of missing out culture and, and you know, let the world have that all day long if they wanna have it, but do not do as they do because they don't have me as you do. You keep saying yes to me and you're not gonna miss out on anything. You're not gonna miss out on anything because my yes is a yes and it's a big yes and I've already put it on the table. And I have some more if you just tune your ears and listen. Maybe you say yes to the budget that God is calling your family to. And then when you're looking at your friends out there having dinner every night and they're out vacationing on an island and now they're on a camping trip and now they're out over there with their new whatever and you're like, oh my goodness, everybody's got something new but me. Then you can come back with, yeah, but you know what? We said yes to this budget for our family and this is what is gonna unlock our future. I feel good about this. This is what's gonna free us from this fear of missing out. This is what's gonna enable us to step into God's plans and God's purposes for our life because we'll have some money in the bank. Trust me, you ain't missing out on nothing. So that island, it looks beautiful, but you know, thanks, thanks for the Instagram because I'm for free sitting over here in my budget enjoying the sunset right now on my porch. <laughs> because I can't afford to take the yacht out to the island. I can't afford the bus ticket to get to the place where I have to go to the Paradise Island right now. So I'm just gonna enjoy where I'm at and thank goodness I've got Google on because I paid for my Wi-Fi bill and so I can just you know pull it up on YouTube and watch that for a moment. Or even better, I'm just gonna shut my computer down and go outside because the sun's actually setting right here in Rapid City and I could go for a, a walk in Memorial Park and, and go up on M Hill and see the sunset <laughs> for free and it didn't cost me a thing. So I'm saying yes to something that's freeing me, not constraining me. So I just believe, this is what it comes down to today and we'll close. God's saying today, listen, you're a peculiar people. He, he, a peculiar people, he calls that in scripture. You're my people, you're a holy nation. You're raised to new life through my son, Jesus Christ. You're assigned a purpose and a calling over your life. You are part of a divine mission and plan that I have for you. And you're not just riding around in the backseat of the Ubers of the world. 
you are my children and you've got a mission. I've got a yes for you. Are you gonna respond to that? Are you gonna say yes to me? You've got a destiny. It's called life and it's not death. You've got an opportunity with me today, but you're gonna need a wake-up call from a culture that changes its mind every 15 minutes. You're gonna need to wake up from a culture that's afraid that you're gonna miss out on something. And you're gonna have to wake up from a culture that's riding around in the backseat of other people's cars. (laughs) And you're gonna have to say yes to the God of heaven today. And I wanna take the wheel, footnote, because God is sovereign, but he's given us this life to steward with our yeses and our noes. And I wanna start walking towards faith and I wanna be the person who's got stability and, and gravity and a solid center that is principled. So when I say yes, I'm gonna go through with my yes. And when I say no, I'm gonna stand on my no and I'm gonna let God lead my life. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word to us today. Your word is good. God, we thank you that your word is life. And so we can trust our lives in your hands. God, you already said the ultimate yes. And we're gonna be talking about that next week. God, your life laid down for us and a resurrected life that fills us with purpose. God, every day, Lord, help us to not be the double-minded person who wavers and who chips away at our very own yeses. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. God, thank you for clarity of mind and peace in the presence of a FOMO culture, of a fear of missing out culture. Lord, that when we walk with you, we can walk with a boldness and we can walk um, outside of that fear, but we can walk in faith, knowing that you hold us in your hands, that you are a good God, that you care for us, you care for your children. And God, you speak to us and you love us. So God, Tune our ears. Holy Spirit, let us learn to hear your voice. And let our yes be yes and our no be no. In your mighty name, amen, amen. Pastor Derek. All right, I remember how microphones work. Uh, so I was pretty sure that, that we, were gonna, we were gonna do the big yes thing today. And then when Pastor Sean started speaking first service, I felt Holy Spirit say, no, let's do one more week. And so I want to leave you guys with a thought and a challenge to ponder over the next seven days, okay? And I wrote it down so that I would be concise. So the question for this week is, do you want more? Jesus took possession of his throne on this day some 2,000 years ago. Israel had expected the Savior to come and physically, through bloodshed, remove Rome and every other political power that threatened it. But then Jesus came as a baby in a barn, and he spent his time growing as an Israeli child in an unremarkable home in an unremarkable town. Then he spent his ministry time loving the unlovable, forgiving the unforgivable, healing the broken, and helping the blind to see. And then on this day, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped into his kinghood. He rode in on a horse leading a massive army and he routed out the enemy and took control of the promised land as was supposed to have been done generations before, right? Not at all, not even a little bit. No, Jesus of Nazareth, the the word of God made flesh, he 
who all of creation came through because nothing created was made without him. He didn't walk a red carpet. He rode in on a borrowed donkey on a street paved with leaves and the clothes of those who loved him. He didn't fight to free a kingdom. He fought to free hearts. And he never stopped. He never stopped giving. He never stopped loving. He never stopped forgiving. He never stopped healing. And again, I ask, do you want more? In the kingdom of God, more is often found through less. Not less of me and more of him, because before me, God didn't have me. He didn't like that, so he made me. Same for you. Before you were born, God didn't have you. He wanted you. He created you. So not less of me and more of him, but less of my way and more of his way. So your challenge this week, the question to ponder, to meditate over, to pray over, do you want more? Do you want more healing? Do you want more of God? You know, if you're online or in-house and you're not saved, maybe you've never uh, committed to following Jesus or you've never recognized that, I tell you right now, Holy Spirit is drawing you. And this week I want you to think, are you happy with your life as it is? Are you happy with your life with you in control? Next week, we're gonna ask this question. And next week, we're gonna have an opportunity to follow through. But this whole exercise, this whole four-week exercise has been about taking something that has so often been, hey, you're all emotional, let's pray a prayer. And turn it into something where we really look at our lives and we really weigh what it means to say yes and what it means to say no and if our lives are what we want them to be and if we have given them over to Jesus in the way that we want to in the way that he wants us to. See, Jesus isn't about telling us no to all the things that we want to do. He's about telling us yes to living our best possible life and our best possible life is following him. God, I thank you so much for today and I thank you for this, this message series you put on Pastor Sean's heart last year year. This was a year in the making on our side. Obviously, God knew about it forever. But God, I thank you so much for this, this message, this, this yes, this moment in time where we can all just sit down and really evaluate our lives and evaluate our, our uh, connection to you and evaluate our devotion to you or our lack thereof. God, I pray you would take this week and you would help us to rightly to fairly judge ourselves, to fairly evaluate our relationship with you and where it's going. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us clearly and honestly and openly in ways that we can easily understand. Teach us to hear you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen.